Hi, I'm Jill, and this is the Skein Enable podcast, enabling your crafting addictions one episode at a time. This is episode 103. It is May 10th, 2020, so happy Mother's Day to all you out there. And it's a Sunday evening. Um, actually kind of late. I don't usually record this late, but somehow the weekend just got away from me, so I thought I would do it. I hope you guys are all doing well. Um, staying home, getting stuff done, maybe. Maybe not getting stuff done, but that's okay. All right, well, I'll just get into crafting right away, and then I'll save the chit-chat for later. All right? Um, so, okay, what have I finished? I've finished my hashtags shawl stay home shawl stay home cow shawl which is the pattern was herbarium by lisa hannes this is a fingering weight shawl an asymmetrical triangle i use two different colors from the royal bee yarn company which is i use their fingering weight yarn one of the colors was nina says have your teal cake and eat it too and then the second color is Philip says, don't curry, be happy. So it sounds, it's about what it sounds like. It is a teal color and a curry mustard color. And I really ended up liking this yarn. Um, it's a pretty good price for what it is. And I have tons left over. It's like 500 yards each, but still 100 gram skein, um, but not too thin either. Um, I had enough actually to do another repeat. Um, it ends up being sections of garter stitch and then sections of garter stitch stripes with the two colors and then um, mo- two-color mosaic, a pattern that's kind of a cross pattern. So you do that mosaic section three times, and I debated doing a fourth one because I ended up having like 30% of my yarn left over, like 30 grams or more of each left. So I definitely could have done another repeat, but it actually just looked like a big enough big enough shawl so I figured I'll just save that yarn for something else yeah both of the yarns I really liked they have a lot of dimension to them so they kind of have like a kettle dyed look to them and they were dyed at least partly with natural dyes I can't confirm that they're completely natural dyes and it's a non non superwash wool so just a plain regular non-treated wool so that was Herbarium by Lisa Hannes. And if you do want to play along, you can use the hashtag shawl stay home cow. Um, some of my friends are doing that with, in theory, mosaic shawls. But if you just want to do whatever shawl you want and tag it, what do I care? That's fine. <laughs> I did finish up my big combo spin for, well, it wasn't necessarily for anything, but we did a a fiber swap at the guild that I'm in, my spinning guild. So I ended up with a nine ounce, nine ounces of a three ply. I had nine different ounces and I broke them all down into quarter ounce sections and then sp- spun them in groupings, did a three ply. I ended up with 604 yards and it looks like a DK weight, I'd say. It's a little crazy. I mean, there's blues and grays and reds. And like light yellower colors. And it's interesting just the way that it worked out. Like, I ended up with like, at some times I'd have all three plies were red. Um, I guess the chances of that were higher because my red was actually a larger section. So I ended up breaking that down into a couple different groupings. 
So I'm curious how it'll knit up. I mean, I think it'll be a little bit of a hodgepodge, but the whole idea kind of behind the combo spin is to take a bunch of disparate fibers and mix them up in such a way that it almost makes a cohesive yarn or fabric once it's knit up. And I don't know that this is going to be too cohesive, but it's interesting. As with the three-ply, I'm always never sure how to quite finish it off. So I had three bobbins, um, and at some point I had a ton left on one. So after the first bobbin ran out, I ended up doing an Andean bracelet, which means I'm using both ends of one of my bobbins, and then using the second bobbin as my third third ply, um, which was a real mess. Like, you have this yarn kind of wrapped around your wrist, and you're trying to use that plus another one to make a three-ply, so that was a mess. And then once that ran out, I just tried to do a chain ply from the last singles just like off still off of that Andean bracelet and that part I have no idea I mean it's kind of I always like those sections because it's all always just one color that's making a three ply out of one strand of fiber but it doesn't really fit in with the rest of the yarn so I'll definitely start at the other end of the yarn and then see if I actually need that little bit to complete the project but that's only a little bit but man I was like sweating it like the plying took a long time and I fit all nine ounces on my Lundrum plying head which I guess I've certainly done eight ounces before but nine ounces was pretty tight and yeah towards the end I mean I was just sweating (laughs) we're trying to like we had just put on YouTube videos or something and like Lucas was playing some sort of tennis game on his iPad but like neither of us were really like able to like change the channel so just kept playing random videos next and um it was like an intense 30 minutes or less I guess but so that was my combo spin my nine ounce combo spin um and actually I had this written down as my current fix but I actually just finished it today I just made a wee envelope which is a baby pattern, baby sweater pattern by Isolde Teague. It calls for a sport weight yarn, and I used some hand spun. I used yarn that I spun from Malabrigo Nube. It was a fiber, might be merino fiber, that they had a while ago. It came in four ounce braids, um, maybe even 100 gram braids. But it's, A lot of people were not happy with it because it was very kind of felted or compacted, the fiber. So there's definitely sections that are pretty uneven in my spinning. It's a little bit thick and thin in parts, but the middle looks great. So I was a little bit nervous because actually the pattern, I didn't want to just make the newborn size, but the newborn called for like 200 and something yards and 220 maybe so, but I really wanted to make the three to six months size three to six months size which I think maybe called for 240 yards and according to my calculations I had about 200 meters don't ask me <laughs> of the yarn but you know it just seemed like so much fiber and I was like this has to be enough for a baby sweater so I just went for it um I used a size US 4 to get gauge and it's a cool pattern it's knit side to side so you start with garter stitch on one sleeve and then you do the stockinette sleeve then you do a um, a garter stitch little strip that goes across the front of the body 
And then you put that on hold, you pick up stitches, and you do the back, which is another garter stitch stripe strip. Um, and then you kind of pick up with an overlap, so it creates one of those, like, like a baby onesie opening, where it makes, well, she calls it like an envelope, so it makes that kind of neckline for the baby. And then you join this together and you do the rest of the sleeve, the other sleeve. Then you pick up stitches from that strip and then go all the way down, just plain stocking it down until the very bottom, which has a little bit of garter. I had a little bit, well, I just wasn't paying a lot of attention to the pattern on one of the sides, so I ended up slipping my edge stitch incorrectly. So you're supposed to, at the very, at the bottom edge, the body edge of the strip, garter strips, you're supposed to have like a slip stitch edge, and you're, and then you pick up in a certain way that it leaves a visible slip stitch chain across the front and back, where you switch from the garter stitch, side with side garter stitch, to the up and down stockinette. But because I slipped one side incorrectly, and I didn't want to have my pattern be correct on one side and incorrect on the other side, I just picked up normally so I don't get that slip stitch ridge, which is kind of disappointing because it's kind of one of the features of the pattern that I really enjoy, but it's, you know, it is what it is, so it's not a problem. That's the Wee Envelope by Isolde Teague, and I knit it out of Malabrigo Nube hand spun. The color is Kendombe, Kondobe? It's purples, mostly purples in different darks and lights, and then there's also some orange in it. So it is kind of funny because you go from side to side where it's like dark purple on one sleeve and then it turns like orangey purple on the other sleeve. And then there's like kind of some major chunky sections on the stockinette body. But yeah, I'm pretty happy with it and it looks pretty big. And I have yarn left over too. So I think I counted wrong or I did pretty well on yardage. So that maybe it was thicker. So it gave me more height. Yeah, it looks pretty big for a three to six month size. I've been feeling a little bit weird, the fact that I haven't made that much stuff for the baby. So um, I'm glad this is kind of like my first thing that's like done, done for the baby. So yeah, it was a cute pattern. I would definitely make another one if I was so inclined. <laughs> so that's what I finished. And now for my current fix, what I'm working on now I am still working on the Dashaway Reindeer by Sarah Elizabeth Kellner. I think last time I left the Sarah off of her name. Um, so she's Rabbit Hole Knits. She does a lot of cute toys. Um, this one is a reindeer. Um, it's ended up pretty big. I, pr I basically have the reindeer part finished. And he's maybe, I don't know, like 11 inches long or something. Um, he's knit out of Knit Picks Wool of the Andes and Briar Heather, which is a color I've used a lot over the years, I think. Um, so I finished that. I haven't told, I've mostly stuffed it, but I need to kind of sew it together and futz with the stuffing a little bit. I did make his antlers. I used some just stash yarn, which I think is Knit Picks Telemark, which is like a white sport weight, just like pretty smooth white yarn I think it was originally this was back back before knit picks became like huge I think but they were kind of marketing it as their like their like ski sweater like colorwork sweater yarn so yeah I have the antlers done and I still need to do like the reins and the bridle for the for the reindeer but otherwise it's pretty much done the pattern calls for these little like what do you call them tiny little bells 
to put on the reins and stuff and those are really make make it so it'd be nice if i could do that otherwise i could maybe do like little baubles in like a gold color haven't quite looked into that it's funny because i mostly finished the body and then i looked down and one of its back legs was like totally backwards like facing upwards instead of facing downwards and I just had like put my marker for the beginning of round in the wrong spot. And so I just did all of the shaping like upside down. <laughs> um, I keep meaning to post a picture because I think it's pretty funny how it's like full on leg twisted around backwards. And I didn't realize until I had like stuffed it and like woven in the ends and everything. Um, so that's the Dashaway Reindeer by Sarah Elizabeth Kellner. I think I had said I would maybe make multiple ones of these for a centerpiece or something to go on the mantle but i thought it's not happening i'm not gonna do that <laughs> you know i guess i'm gonna have to start getting into more decorating huh having a family to be one of those people that decorates for the holidays so that's in progress and then i did start a sec another spinning project i'm using i think maybe my last mork made fiber bat this one is a 4.6 ounce bat i'm gonna spin it into a two ply and it's a beautiful layered like art bat so it has some white wool along with some black wool so i'll crinkle the packaging okay so what do i have i have it has merino wool and has some mohair also firestar nylon and angelina as well as tussa silk cultivated silk silk noil and um it's beautiful so it's a layer of white, a lot of black, and then all of the shiny bits are like in fluorescent pinks and greens and blues and purples. Um, a really pretty bat. Somebody, somebody out there, I know who, um, won the, one of the bats from my 100 episode giveaway. So if you didn't listen to episode 102, I think that's where I announced that. So you could be a winner. So that's what I've started. I'm maybe like an ounce into this 4.6 ounces and it's pretty fun. I'm spinning it thin so I'll end up with like a a fingering weight yarn after I apply it. But um, yeah, it's looking pretty exciting. But because there's that layer of white, a lot of it's pretty, um, in my singles are pretty barber pulled. So a lot of like white and black or white and sparkle, but it's pretty. And I've been just kind of into spinning recently. Um, it's kind of something that's easier to pick up sometimes or I've had various hand issues and stuff recently so it's kind of worked out sometimes that it's kind of what I feel like picking up and working on so that's what I have in progress let's move on to jonesing what I'm jonesing for so a few things that I'm ready to make <laughs> not quite ready to make but that I'm into one is the sand and sunset pattern which is a like a cover-up cardigan pattern by Rachel Ilsley. Um, I've mentioned a few things from her recently, but I think she's, I'm pretty into a lot of her stuff. She's unwind yarn or something like that, like on Instagram. Um, so this one's a DK cardigan. It's knit side to side and is knit in linen stitch with either linen or cotton. I mean, do whatever but it's mostly linen stitch and then it has mosaic sections and what I do like about it is it looks like woven fabric like um I don't know somehow make me think of some sort of like Greek material like material from Greece or something but it has like, like a neat look I've been swatching for it actually but I'm a little bit nervous like that 
doing like linen stitch and mosaic with that cotton will be a problem for my elbows or hands or whatever. It is a six euro download and it's seven dollars and or seven dollars and seventy seven cents. Um, it calls for three colors, so it's like her model is like a cream or white color, and then it has um, two different, like a main color that contrasts with it, and then another more of a pop. So I'm working on some swatching. I thought it would be a smart idea to actually make a cardigan. I keep making cropped pullovers, but I don't know what's going to be going on with my body. So probably some cardigans would be smarter. Something else I, so I actually did buy that pattern. I think she's having a birthday sale. Something else I also got was the Breathe and Hope shawl by Casapinka. So this one has been kind of everywhere, but she, Casapinka designed this shawl for LYS Day, Local Yarn Store Day. And it's a two-color shawl. And for, it was just kind of one weekend where if you bought two skeins of fingering weight yarn or a kit from a lot of local yarn stores, they would send you the coupon code for this pattern. And it was like three days where you can download the pattern. Um, If you didn't download it, it's a $6 Ravelry download now. Um, I ended up taking this as an occasion to purchase some yarn. So I did have, so I ended up getting two codes for the shawl. But yeah, I don't know that I'll actually make the shawl. This is another one that looks like kind of, yeah, an asymmetrical triangle. Um, It has... Um, I'm not quite sure. There are some, like, looks like two by two stripes in it and some other, like, vertical and horizontal stripes and some, like, a kind of, like, knit on bobbles at the edge. And I like the pattern. Um, I'm just not really sure if I'll make it or not, but it's a very generous of Casapinka to do that. I know she's done local yarn store days, shawls a little bit. Like, I know I've seen them at other times at at the store. Okay, and then a pattern that's actually a free one, a forever free pattern, is called Trailing Daisy by Tina Koo, T-I-I-N-A-K-U-U. She might be Scandinavian, I can't remember. So this is a fingering weight sock yarn, sock pattern, color work, and it kind of has like a it's almost like a branch pattern, but it looks almost like a herringbone. And, you know, it's been a long time since I've made colorwork socks, but I don't know that. And I'm not sure that I'm in a rush to, but these are really cool looking. So that's a forever free pattern, Trailing Daisy. And another pattern that I purchased is the Hope Headband by Jennifer Berg. I've been following her on Instagram. She's native.knitter. And this one is a worsted weight colorwork headband and she seems like one of those people that can pull off a big chunky headband and I don't entirely know that I can. It's a $5 Ravelry download and it's you know made in worsted weight yarn so it's actually pretty big. I would almost think about making this in a smaller weight so it's just not so bulky and it's kind of like a colorwork tube that you wrap around your head and then there's like a section that kind of nips in in the middle so that makes like kind of a cloche style look in the front of your face and this for like a weekend she designed this shawl she just designed this headband and then all of her other patterns that it was a fundraiser for the Navajo Nation COVID relief fund um, and she is part of the Navajo Nation so she was wanted to bring 
well, awareness to this, but actually, you know, make money, fundraise money to go to this relief fund because the native population has really been struck heavy by COVID and coronavirus. So that is the Hope Headband by Jennifer Berg. Um, some shawls that, some things that I like. Um, one is this, a new shawl called In Honor of Her by Mara Lacole. Lycole. It's a $7 Ravelry download. It is a very large asymmetrical triangle in three colors. So there's a two color brioche lace section that I actually thought it was just one color because it's kind of a pretty peachy light color. And then it's got a different lace edging. And there's just this cool like I-cord ish looking section between the two between the brioche and the lace edging and it has like a little bow on it and so it's just pretty sweet she also has another one that she released at the same time i think it's called in honor of her two um t-o-o and that's a non-brioche version so i think it's a different lace version for the second either case it's a three skein shawl so it's pretty hefty looking um it's a pretty one though one baby pattern that I've been looking at is the Winter Duo Baby Bloomers and Romper. And what is holding me back, well, besides a number of reasons, I guess, is that it's not a Ravelry download. It's a $5, nope, it's a five euro d- download on Etsy. So you'd have to, I'd have to purchase it on Etsy instead of on Ravelry. The designer is Sandra Magalhães. Oh, okay. Should have looked that one up. It looks like a Portuguese name, <laughs> um, but it's a two color brioche project, DK weight. And there's, it's kind of like a two for one because you go from the bottom and they kind of two color brioche, like little like rompers, no bloomers, I would say they're bloomers, but with like an I-cord waist, tie waist, but it looks like you can also knit it up. So the top is like a romper, like a little overalls and they look so cute in the two colors people i mean it's been testing it and everything and everyone seems pretty happy with it um so i might be tempted it's so cute it's the winter duo baby bloomers and romper by sandra portuguese name i can't <laughs> pronounce um magalais let's just make say that and then another cute one is shotzi s-c-h-a-t-z-i by Karen, C-A-A-R-I-N. Um, she has a, like a little ebook called Tiny Knits. That's $21, but this is an individual pattern within that group called, which is $7 called Shotzi. And it's a child poncho. It's, it's incised for one year to four year old child. Um, it's in worsted weight and it's a mix of like seed stitch and cables basically like a big rectangle with the neck in the middle, but with all these cables and it's adorable. It's really cute on all the kids. I do not intend to make it probably. <laughs> I'm not going to get, get that far ahead of myself to make that for this baby, but it's pretty cute. And that's uh, what I'm jonesing for. Quite a bit of patterns. I do have some re-ups, as I mentioned before. Um, I did buy some yarn for the Breathe when they were doing the Breathe and Hope LYS Day promotion. And I had some yarn that had been in my cart for a while at my local yarn store, which is Wild Fiber in Santa Monica, California. And I don't know that any of this is for that shawl, but 
just kind of took it as an occasion. They're both Olan brand um, in the single sock or just singles yarn. So I got two skeins in the North Star colorway, which is this beautiful taupe color with these speckles, kind of understated speckles. And I debated getting like three or four of these like to make a sweater with it or not. But I think I might, I just got two and I might use another color as a contrast, like to stripe in with, you know, I have a few sweaters in my, in my library that are like three fingering weight skeins, two of one color with one of the third. So I have two of North Star, which again is kind of a beigey taupe, but has like really pretty browns, kind of purple and brown and orange speckles in it. And then I got a skein of the same yarn. It is called Single Sock. I didn't just make that up. Another skein in Ursula, which is a mauve color, but it's got lighter sections that are also has speckling in it. And I was thinking those I would do together. Like maybe those would be my three skeins together. And then my last skein is, again, the same yarn, but in the unavailable colorway, which is like a bright fuchsia um, pink with dark blue and other pink speckles in it. Really gorgeous. I'll tell you this, like ordering a yarn, if you're doing online purchasing, a yarn with the colorway unavailable is very confusing. <laughs> like I was like, wait, what is that color? And then it'll be like unavailable. It's like, well, okay. I can't. <laughs> it's hard to tell like if they just didn't have any in stock, but it's the colorway unavailable. Super pretty. And even though I do think that Obviously, applied yarn wears better in a sweater. I just really loved how the color, the speckles were picked up, the dye picked up in the singles base. It's so shiny and beautiful. Just had to do it. So that's what I purchased from Wild Fiber. I felt a little bad because I know they did curbside pickup, but I just had them ship it. Partially, I didn't find that on the checkout, but I have been a little bit nervous about going places and I didn't really necessarily want them to just drop it in my car. And then because everybody was doing all these different kits for this shawl, I just like couldn't get out. Like there's so many pretty combinations, two color combinations out there. So um, my friend Twee had alerted us to a different store, yarn store, um, that was doing kits for this. And I just fell in love with one combo. The yarn store is called Naughty Lamb, and I believe it's in Oregon. So I can pretend it's local since... You know, my parents are in Oregon. Well, they're not quite in Oregon, but they're right by Oregon. Um, so I ended up getting this combo, and it's long dog yarn in bounce sock. And the colorway is first blush. So it's light pink, lavender, not lavender, light pink. But then it has speckles of like burgundy fuchsia in it. And Long dog yarn, so she used to live locally in LA and we almost got her to come to our knit night, but then she moved away. So she's no longer in our area anymore, but I've always wanted to buy her yarn. And then the one that was paired with it was a Teal Torch Knits TTK sock, which is a Portland, Portland company. And the colorway is good till the last drop. I think, oh, they're both 75. 25 superwash merino 25 nylon and yeah i i love this colorway together 
Of course, then when I like look, had both of these packages like just sitting on their sides, like on the table, I realized like, oh, they're all very similar. Like I definitely was in a a Topin burgundy <laughs> mood or mauve burgundy mood. But um, I love them. I don't entirely know that I would, I'm going to make the shawl, but there's a few two color shawls that I actually just recently bought. So I might do that. Um, even though I find, you know, there's a lot of shawls that I don't wear all that much. It's just kind of a nice project to have going. I like to work on them and they don't have to take too much thought. Like I'm tired of thinking about sizing. <laughs> so that's my, those are my re-ups and I'll guess I'll just move on to uppers and downers. Okay. So a couple things I've watched, um, my friend's husband, actually, he's directed some shorts before, but he had his first film that he, like, directed and wrote, and it was going to be released out in the theater a few weeks ago, and unfortunately, because of the pandemic, they just didn't release it in theaters, of course. So it is available for purchase on iTunes or Apple TV or on Amazon. It's called 1BR, like One Bedroom. And it's a horror movie, kind of a psychological thriller. And I really enjoyed it. It was fun. Um, it's kind of hard to know, like, when you know the person. <laughs> like, this is the first time I've, like, necessarily seen a feature film that's made by somebody I know. Um, so it's always kind of hard to tell. But I enjoyed it. And my friend has, like, a little cameo in it, which is kind of exciting. <laughs> like, non-speaking role, I guess. But it's nice to be like, there she is. So that's one BR. Um, you can rent it or purchase it on probably a few places, but I know on Apple TV and on Amazon. One BR. <laughs> and then on Hulu, there's um, a new animated show called Solar Opposites. It's by one of the creators of Rick and Morty, Justin Roiland. So this is a show that Lucas has been working on and he's working on season two. Um, so all of the episodes for season one were released on Hulu. Um, it's a little bit vulgar humor, humor, but if you enjoy Rick and Morty, um, I think you should give it a try. And it's like a family or group of aliens land, crash land on earth. And then they're kind of trying to fix their ship to leave, but also just getting, I don't know, entangled into human things. So yeah, so it's Solar Opposites on Hulu. On Netflix, we finished wa finish watching Waco. Um, this was a mini series that was produced either in 2018 or 2019, maybe on like TNT. Um, it's, I think, six episodes um, about the standoff, the David Koresh, um, Branch Davidian, like the standoff with the, with the FBI. We'd actually been meaning to watch this show for a while. Um, one of Lucas's like family friends, um, is a, was an author and he co-wrote the book along with one of the Branch Davidian survivors. And so, and then, you know, they also use another book from the FBI negotiation standpoint, um, as the basis of the, of the miniseries. Um, but we really liked it. Um, Taylor Kitsch plays David Koresh. Um, I think I don't know that much about it, really. I mean, we have watched now we've watched some YouTube videos about it 
of old newscasts and stuff, you know, and so I think it maybe does paint David Koresh in a little bit more of a positive light than what really happened. But um, I was, yes, alive then, but I wasn't paying that much attention. So I kind of knew this whole standoff happened, but I didn't really know the extent of it. So it is pretty brutal. It's maybe not what you want to watch if you're like feeling overwhelmed, but it was interesting um, and well done, I thought. Um, we have the book now, um, so I'll probably end up reading that. Oh, I've also start, been watching the latest season of Bosch. I have not finished it yet, but I always enjoy watching it. Um, it's nice. I've been surprised I haven't had that much alone TV time, so I haven't quite like blasted through it like I thought I would, but been enjoying it. And I actually read a book. Um, I read this one before the last episode, but I forgot to even mention it. Um, this is In the Heart of the Sea, The Tragedy of the Whale Ship Essex. The author is Nathaniel Philbrook. It's about a whaling ship that left Nantucket in 1819 and was like sunk by a sperm whale. And so, which was so at the time, it was kind of a huge story in the news and it ended up becoming the kind of the inspiration for Moby Dick. Um, it's a very interesting story, survival story, because then they end up, the ship is sunk and they have to survive on like two little whaling ships, like small whaling ships. Um, yes, there is cannibalism and everything else. And yeah, an interesting story. Um, they talk a bit about just Nantucket and everything. I have actually, I've never been to Nantucket. I've never really been to Northeast, the Northeast of the country, you know, no further North than Boston, I think, but well, Boston, but my sister did like live on Nantucket for like a summer or a year or something, summer maybe doing like a bio biology project. So I kind of feel some interest. I have some interest in Nantucket. Interesting story. You know, no real surprises, I would say, like, but a survival one. It came out a while ago, and I think last time I was at Powell's in Portland, I just saw a used copy and grabbed it. 2000. And it's just, I have zero interest in boating or going anything like that. So as much as I do kind of enjoy survival stories, I'm like, well, these people, come on. <laughs> Uh, and so many, like, survivors, they, like, went back out to sea. Oh, no. Nope. Nope. <laughs> so I did read that. Um, I could definitely recommend it. When Lucas and I were, like, when I had the hand, foot, and mouth, we were, like, sleeping. He was sleeping out on the couch. And I find, I was surprised. I was like, oh, I'm reading every night. Like, I would just read, like, a chapter of a book every night. Short chapter. And now that he's back in the bedroom... You know, we just, like, sit on our phones until we go to sleep or something. I just haven't quite got back to, like, as much reading as I was doing. So, let's get back on it. Those are my, like, reading and watching uppers and downers. Things have been going well for me. You know, everything with the pregnancy is going well. My cat has, like, ear infections. <laughs> he has, like, these... This poor little guy has, like, polyps or something in his ears. I mean, they're not polyps, but his... And so... I had to take them to the vet and, you know, the vet is like, maybe they're all doing this now, but it's pretty good system where they, you drive up, you call them and then they come and take the animal and then they like call you and say, have the appointment. 
with you basically and then you authorize payment and the estimate like from your car and in this case they're like oh go ahead and go home it'll be like an hour because we have to do like x-rays and everything he's got like a heart murmur and they also asked me if i wanted to see see a specialist as cardiologist for my cat and i was like not now (laughs) but so then they like call back and we're like okay you can pick him up and then i ended up getting there telling them i was there and they're like we'll be right out and it took an hour and a half for them to bring him out and i had to call a couple times and then I get home and I realize they gave me the wrong, one of them was like the wrong medication. So I had to go back the next day. And then it turns out they had given me the right medication. just had the wrong label, like for an entirely different person's pet. <sighs> you know, I mean, they're having some sort of emergency, but I think I might be finding a new vet. And I kind of just found this place. Um, but I also, I was like, well, I guess this is what I'm spending my stimulus money on <laughs> is this vet. But, you know, he's doing fine, except for the fact that we have to, like, try to figure out how to give a cat a pill (laughs) every night. We just have one more night, though, but it's a, for sure, a two-person job. One person, like, opening his mouth and the other person, like, shooting the pill down his throat, but it's intense. (laughs) I have been baking sourdough bread. I got a starter for my friend, and I had a somewhat successful first loaf and then the second loaf I'd run out of all-purpose flour so I just kind of did winged it with like more whole wheat and it was so liquidy it was just kind of like a mess of a loaf and then I ended up like full on burning my hand (laughs) because I don't have a traditional Dutch oven but I do have like a big like a all-clad stainless steel pot that has a handle it's like I do this all the time (laughs) like um uh cast iron skillet you know that you can put in the oven I just have to like I just should never let myself bake anything in a pot (laughs) with the handle because um you know I don't know what the percentage of it but I will grab that handle at some point so my hand's okay but I have like some blisters on one of my hands um from doing that so that was stupid (laughs) and I'm also I'm still eating that sourdough bread even though it's not very good um but I also just realized I'm not homesteading, you know, like I can just buy bread. We can buy bread anywhere. I would rather use that flour for banana bread or cookies or any other purpose. So that's, that's my adventures in sourdough bread. I'll probably still make more. My starter's alive in the fridge, but a little bit hard to get too excited about it anymore. I have started doing Facebook live classes for my jazzercise classes so I do have some paying customers. And so we're putting together, you know, kind of a roster of classes. So I've only done two so far. It is terrifying. (laughs) Um, Just getting the setup even right. Like I feel like the camera, my phone is like eight feet away from me, but it's still like really hard to get my feet in and like getting enough range of motion. And my apartment is just so creaky. We're on the second floor of an older apartment and I just, I'm just, worrying all the time about my neighbors and everything so it's been fun though to reconnect with everybody um, a lot of the students and I've been kind of catching up on I have some other people teaching classes at the same time Um, so I've been able to watch their classes and it's been fun getting back to jazzercise Um, it makes me think about when I first started teaching and how terrified I was like every time I had to teach and I remember somebody saying like well you know 
Um, you should do one thing a day that terrifies you. And I just think once a day, <laughs> maybe once a week, but more like once a month, you should do something that terrifies you. Second class was a lot more enjoyable, but the first class I was just so nervous. Like I had like cotton mouth, <laughs> I could barely talk in the beginning, but it's been fun. And it's good to kind of get that connection because this could go on longer than we think. So yeah, so I've been working this weekend on getting my second, my class, my set together for my second week of teaching, but it's been fun. And, you know, just holding in here, everything's doing pretty well. So that's all I kind of have to report. I don't have any nilongs going on. I mean, if you want to join in on the shawl stay home cal, but nothing too formal. I hope you guys are doing well. I know it's kind of crazy in the world, but we've been training for this our whole lives, right? (laughs) Okay, so if you want to find the show notes, they're at skeinenable.com. You can join the Ravelry group. You can search under the Groups tab for Skein Enable Podcast. You can find me, Jill, on Ravelry as No Dice and on Instagram as No Dice 11. And I think that's about it. Um, I hope you have a wonderful couple weeks and I will talk to you then. All right, bye. I'm a man on the scene I can give you what you want Just come go home with me I got some good old loving And I got better in store And I get through throwing it on you You got to come back for more Boys will call my dime by my loving But that ain't nothing but drugstore love Pretty little thing let me light the cow called mama I'm sure hard to hell and I yes I am